this one. What's up, Rambler Nation? I'm Ryan Kirby, and I forgot what our intro is, so I'm joined today on episode two of Rambler Jam Sesh with my co-host, John Sapienza, and special guest, Chris Klein. Today, we will be talking about classic uh, rock, and that's, yeah, that's yeah. that. So, Chris, let's get into some new releases you're uh, a big fan of. All right, so up on the new releases for some classic rock bands is uh bruce springsteen just released a a new album called western stars a couple months ago it's uh up there in the charts uh last year paul mccartney from the beatles reached number one in the uk charts with his album egypt station and then um elo just released an album jeff lynn uh like about a month ago called from out of nowhere what are your uh, favorite parts about some of these, especially Springsteen? I want to hear more about that. Uh, well, for the Springsteen, it's you know he's kind of getting back to what he used to do back in like the '80s when he was really popular, and uh, I think that's extremely important for musicians as you know back when '70s and '80s and '60s even when they made all that music and made it extremely popular. Some of them artists just tried to you know evolve with the music instead of just staying what they are. And I think that was really important for Springsteen to do. He got back to his roots and stuff. And then um, ELO is kind of like, they've kind of evolved. Like, ELO is the, they call ELO the Beatles' little brother band because um, they say that they are the where they the Beatles left off and the ELO kind of picked up. And yeah. it's kind of interesting to see how, you know, ELO has taken where music was left off in the uh, early 70s and has, you know, evolved it within, with, with the time, how music's been changing this, you know, past 30 years. Yeah, becoming not music, just computerized yeah. garbage. And it's interesting to see how ELO took all the new uh, technology and made it, you know, classic rock. And I still think that the ELO album was pretty good. And then as far as Paul McCartney's album... He's a Beatle, um, so you love it. We know it. Actually, I'm going to have to say no, I didn't love it. Really? Oh, there is, there's, a, there's a couple of good songs. There's two good songs where he just went acoustic, and I, I think those songs are great. But all the other songs, there's some songs where he uses like modern technology. It felt kind of forced. Yeah, it just didn't seem like something he makes, and that's, that's not something I really liked, but it's what, you know, Do we, or, you know the people want, so... It sold. Did he write it, or did he have like guest writers, ghost writers, or did he write all the stuff? Do you know? No, he he writes all this stuff. But which he, one's your favorite? Off that album. This is like out of these three albums that we just talked about, which one was your favorite? I'd like to know. Well, I honestly I haven't listened to much of the Springsteen album. I've just heard a couple songs. Um, I think the ELO album is probably my favorite. Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, almost good. Let's get into uh, some songs of the week. Telephone, telephone line by ELO. All of my love by Greta uh, Zepp, Led Zeppelin. Uh, <laughs> good times, bad times by Zeppelin. And then uh, we're just gonna talk about some Beatles songs and some Crew songs. Yeah. Well, you know, I always keep the Beatles in rotation with whatever I'm listening to. Of it's a must. You're Chris Klein. Yeah. I'm always shuffling the Beatles. All their albums, all their songs. Love them all. But uh, I have been listening to Telephone Line by Yeah, well, that's a good song. 
Was that off the new album? No, that was okay. that was off an album in the seventies, I believe. Oh. And then all my love is uh, that's that's a really good song. That's actually a song Robert Plant, the lead singer of Zeppelin, wrote about his son who died. So that was off Zeppelin's last album they made as a band. And that's one of the few songs I actually know and I really do enjoy listening to. Yeah. Great lyrics. Kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit. His son died from a stomach infection when he was like four. I mean, some of the best lyrics come from Dead Sons, though, like Tears in Heaven by uh, Eric Clapton. Uh, Didn't uh, the Motley Crue guy, didn't his kid die? Uh, Vince Neil's daughter died. Yeah. Yeah. His daughter's what I thought. She died of uh, what, aneurysm? I thought, yes. No, wasn't it? Yes, tumors. Like a stomach tumor. Yeah, because like the movie said, the butterflies in your yeah. stomach. Yeah. yeah, I can just quote. I can quote the movie. That's it. That's all. I do. <laughs> Motley Crue. Okay. Yeah, I mean, been listening to some Motley Crue. I actually just heard another song off their Doctor Feelgood album the other night. It's called um, uh, "Don't Don't Leave Mad" or something like that. That's that's a good one. Yeah. That one. Yeah. I know almost all of their music. Don't go away mad. Just go away. I like that song. I heard that for the first time. How excited are you just to break off Tanner for a for them coming back on tour? Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, this summer I'm setting aside a whole weekend for that. Me and the boys going to go up and watch some crew. It's probably like a thousand bucks a ticket. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, Vince Neil having, like, a heart attack on stage because he's, like, 300 pounds. <laughs> like Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they used to chug the balls of Jack. Now they're, like, chugging, like, bottles of Mrs. Buttersworth. <laughs> Mick Mars will be in a casket, you know. Time definitely shows. Yes, sir. Nikki Six, he can't look too good. He's the probably the best looking one now. Tommy the heroin. Tommy Lee is definitely probably the most. He did a lot of them drugs. Yeah, he a lot of them drugs. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of them drugs. <laughs> Wasn't Nikki Six the heroin addict though? Yeah, but like Tommy Lee, I'm surprised his nose hasn't fallen off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a lot of rock and roll. That's the one that MGK played, right? Yes. I want to talk about that song on the whatever the newest album was by Motley Crue, and it had an MGK verse in it. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? I yeah, liked it's, it. I thought it was really well, Of good. course you would, because it's infecting rock with rap. Yeah, but it's a good crossover. I don't know. I don't know. What was their last release? Oh, they, it was the movie soundtrack. They, oh, had three, oh. they had three new songs in the movie soundtrack, and one of them had MGK in it, which I think is actually probably the best out of their new releases. Yeah, but well, it's like, the most modern sounding. That's not why it was the best. It was actually because it had the most roots to like their old riffs. Like the other ones sounded kind of weird. Uh, I wasn't a fan of putting MGK in a crew song. That just doesn't make any sense. Like having a rap in a Molly Crew song, but like it wasn't. He didn't do bad. If it was any other band without that amount of nostalgia, I'd say it would be all right. But what just because it was crew. What did MGK do? Did he rap or? He rapped. Oh. Yeah. But MGK can. He's a. He's like a tiny bit of a rock star though. Not gonna lie. Like I think I'm I mean okay. the way he's he a rock song, he he has some rock. Yeah, songs I, I, sure. I there's definitely has rock inf- I feel like he's not classic rock. Out of any rappers to hop into like a classic rock song, he'd probably be the best be suited him. one. But yeah. I just don't think any should. Yeah, I'd buy that. I was just saying I liked it because I'm a rap fan. Like, yeah, all these rock lyrics or rock songs. But <laughs> we're gonna get back to our topic, John. Yeah, sorry, I had to, <laughs> I had to bring it up. Okay, uh, you want to go to undiscovered artists? Yeah, sure. Or like low key artists. Yeah. Chris? I just want to preface Bob Seeger. I wouldn't call him an undiscovered artist. We're getting into that because I love that man with my whole heart. Oh yeah, I love. Oh, Bob, Bob Seeger's Seeger. amazing. But yeah, he only has like two really popular songs. Yeah, like, that's why. Any, yeah, that's why I say he's kind of undiscovered because he's got like night moves and I don't know. 
against the turn Wolves, the page turn the page yeah the second most famous but yeah he's got a lot of great songs that's just like if you just sit down and listen to them they're like old time rock and roll is amazing old time I love Against the Wind and off the Against that's by him yeah, I know that one. Against the wind, old it's time rock Gump. and roll. No, is that is that old time rock and oh, roll? Yeah, that's by Seeger. I know that one, and I know the one in Forest Gump too. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know it was that guy. And right. then, uh, <laughs> it's exactly there we go. <laughs> and then against the wind, album, one of my songs I've been listening to a lot was it's called Fire Lake. You know that one? I've heard it. I can't tell you anything about it, but I've it's, heard it. Yeah, it's a really good song. Actually, they have uh, backing vocals. Mm-hmm. And the guy in the who does the backing vocals in that song is Glenn Fry from the Eagles. No way. Yeah. That's really cool. That's how, uh, Glenn Fry actually got a pretty cool start to rock and roll. He, Bob Seger introduced him in Jackson Brown, which is another person on the undiscovered list. Jackson, Jackson Brown is a 70s, he sang, um, he sang Run on Empty, and, um, he did a cover of Stay, which is a 50s, 60s song and then um, he also has a couple other songs like Doctor My Eyes and Somebody's Baby Somebody's Baby's uh, mostly popular from uh, the 80s movie Fast Times at Richmond High Spicoli yeah (laughs) (laughs) but that song plays in that movie which is that's what it's most famous for so the checkered vans yeah I mean that movie the really cool thing about like just like go having a guest is like a lot of these the stuff I haven't heard and like I really want to listen to it now. Like I want to check out Jackson Brown. Yeah. I want to check out ELO. Like yeah, some good stuff. And then America, the other artist is uh, it's actually kind of funny how they got their name. Was I'm not a hundred percent sure, but they're from uh, Europe, I believe. And um, they would say that we're the band going to I forget how it goes but they got their name from the band because they were the Americans Mm -hmm. and we're going to America or something like that and so when they would introduce them they would just say here's America and they're like what no that's not who we are but the name just stuck but uh, they have some good songs like Sister Golden Hair is probably my favorite by them Uh, Horse With No Name Tin Man is good they have they have a good they all sound interesting. Yeah, they all like. I want like if I even if I don't listen, I want to read the lyrics to some of these. Yeah. And just check it you out. You probably heard a horse with no name. That's probably the most famous. But my favorite is probably Sister Golden Hair. It's kind of it's more like an acoustic mm-hmm. kind of song. So they're called Amer. Is this band? This is European band, right? That we're going to America, or like they actually from the United States? Um, I'm not too sure on that, but I just know that they're from a different. You know, they're not from America. Googling it yeah. currently. <laughs> All right, then I'm going to move into Boomer Bust, which is kind of harder to do with classic, classic rock, rock yeah. because it's already cemented that they boomed or they bust. It's much more of a modern category, but here we're going to talk about like okay. these bands and whether we truly consider them to be the greatest where they are. Uh, the bands we're talking about are Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, Guns N' Roses, and April Wine. Uh, I'm going to start with Guns N' Roses because I have a very controversial opinion on these guys. I think they're a good rock band, but I don't think they're the greatest uh, hard rock, heavy metal band of the 80s. I think maybe they're, they're top top 10, top 15, but I wouldn't call them the greatest. I mean, even before all the hype started, Crew was definitely the greatest to me. Like, they just changed the sound. I mean, yeah, Guns N' Roses is great, but I just I wouldn't say that they're the greatest hard rock band of the 80s like everyone else does 
Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's That's door. not a Guns N' Roses song. That was, that was actually written by Bob Dylan. Yeah. But they covered it. And they yeah. It was better. <laughs> yeah. And it was way better. It was not better. Bob Dylan's version was no. amazing. Dude, the Guns N' Roses one is so good. I like I like them both. And it's kind They're of, both good, but I just say Bob Dylan. Like, it's yeah, Bob Dylan. Yeah, I mean, but then again, it's like Bob Dylan also wrote All Along the Watchtower, and Jimi Hendrix covered that. Yeah. Changed the song entirely and made his song famous. Mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix made uh, Bob Dylan's song famous, and that's, I mean, it's hard to take a song like Knock on Heaven's Door by Bob Dylan and try to make that famous, what it already is, substantially famous, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of Guns N' Roses. Songs. Yeah, no, Guns N' Roses is good. I just I don't think City they're the best. Is probably one of my favorites. I would, I would have to go with Guns N' Roses being the best band from the '80s, just because of of, of Slash. Curtis sits up in his chair. No, I was just <laughs> adjusting myself. Just because I think Slash is one of the best guitarists ever. Oh, you know, so. oh agreed. I will agree with that. Slash is incredible. And yeah. The, uh, just even though uh, what's his name. Uh, Axl Rose, yeah. real D bag. Yeah, he is. He, he's yeah. he's got one of the best vocal ranges. Yeah, he anybody. can. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember the exact notes, but I know he can go from sounding like, uh, like low, like cash low, to as high as you hear in all of his songs. Like he has an absolutely just out of this world vocal range. Yeah. I was just sad that he didn't use it more. I guess like I would have liked to hear them go lower in a lot of their yeah, songs. Yeah, he, he does sing very high a lot of the time. Yeah. He doesn't have a clear voice. It's extremely raspy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. I like it, though. It's rock singing. It's all the smoking. Yeah. It's like Aero... Oh, we didn't even put Aerosmith on here. I also, I just noticed we have... We don't yeah. have Metallica on here. I like either, Aerosmith. Which I think should be talked about. I, th- I think Metallica's more of, like, metal. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I yeah. classify them as, like... They're, yeah, they, they are metal. You're right. I Honestly, I, I don't really listen to Metallica. Just, you know, Enter Sandman. Yeah, I understand, man, yeah. yeah. Rock band three. To be honest, I don't know. <laughs> I am a group huge Metallica it's fan. Kinda, yeah. It's kind of cool how like metal became, though, because like it's it all started with like... Uh, Sabbath, really. Sabbath, 60s. Uh, yeah. Zeppelin was considered... Yeah, Zeppelin was... Heavy yeah. rock, or, like heavy rock metal. Yeah, That's and you notice like a lot of Zeppelin roots. I, oh, so a cool... This is a connection I made on my own, but the Tool, which is more of a modern, like dark just grungy metal band like they're black metal but underground they're super weird but I've been noticing a lot in their songs a lot of like really heavy Zeppelin roots and like they're they actually uh, when Tool they wouldn't release any of their albums and stuff on Spotify or Apple Music and when they did they actually broke all of Drake's records for like downloads in a day like they're sitting number one almost all of them I thought you were going to say like over time I was like (laughs) (laughs) they didn't I know like downloads like within a short period of time like yeah. yeah And, like, right now, I believe they're actually, like... Because, I mean, all the fans of Tool have been waiting for, like, since late 90s for this to happen. So, I believe they're, like, 10th all-time in, like, downloads through Spotify. Yeah. But... Well, yeah, that's pretty interesting because Zeppelin, where they got their roots is from 50s blues, just straight blues. Mm -hmm. People like Muddy Waters were people who inspired Zeppelin. It's, like, Zeppelin just took bluesy blues music and turned it into rock and then they just kind of they took all their riffs from blues stuff like if you ever listen to um like Dazed and Confused that's a that's a riff from a blues song um there's a- I mean like a lot of their music too is just like so different from other music of the era yeah like Immigrant Song like doesn't sound like as old as it is I guess to me like a lot of their a lot of their music is just 
different from yeah. everything else that was made in that time. You can definitely classify Zeppelin as a ton of different genres, from blues rock to heavy uh, heavy metal rock to even folk music. Zeppelin yeah. does folk songs. Like there's a song off their physical graffiti album, Bron Bron Your Yar. It's just acoustic and it's it's the most folk song you can hear. And they go country, they have a couple country songs. They actually did a reggae song. Yeah, I heard about it. I haven't, I haven't heard it, but oh, I've heard about really, it. It's good? It's good. What's it it's, called? It's called, uh, well, it's, the name of the song is, is uh, D-apostrophe-Y-E-R-M-A-apostrophe-K-E-R. It's, it's supposed to be Jamaican for did you make her, as in did you make her go. So it's called Jamaica. But it's called, <laughs> I, I, gotcha. I always call it Dire Maker, and that's what a lot of people. That's what the radio stations always call Dire Maker. It's I just whenever someone says Jamaica, I think that just sounds stupid. Yeah, yeah, but, it sounds kind of like slightly racist corny, too. Yeah. yeah, like it's but, just like a little. Actually, the funny story on that was that they were just messing around in the studio, being like, "Hey, let's make a reggae song," and then the guy, the producer, had it on record. He's like, "Guys, that was like." really good <laughs> they're like no that's terrible that every single band member hated that song and the producer's like this is really good we're putting this on the album that's good yeah, that's how stuff works it's it was I, it's one of my de- definitely favorite Zeppelin songs I love it yeah uh, we'll do the Beatles last for you Chris so we'll go April Wine what is April what Wine what is April Wine that, yeah. that's definitely one of the bust bands okay <laughs> so that's why we don't know who it is yeah let's hear it April One was an '80s band. They had a, they had a couple of good songs, maybe one, maybe like four good songs. But after a while, they just kind of busted and you know never really found the spotlight again. It's it's kind of hard. It was hard for me to think of like bands who were a bust because I didn't want to just throw out one hit wonders out. I have one you might like. Uh, Skid Row. Skid. Because they had 18 in Life, yeah. Youth Gone Wild, and then, ah, uh, oh, what's that one? Um, remember, yes. I can't yeah. remember the song. I can't remember the name. Yeah, that one. I remember you. Oh, yeah. So they had those three songs. And outside of that, like, I mean, they were at Roar of the Shore a couple of years ago. I would call that busting. I would, I would, definitely, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely call that a bust, but... Um, the they they is, have some some great songs. Like, I'm a fan of a lot of their songs. Like, the Youth Gone Wild is really good. Yeah. And just, but. The thing about Skid Row is, though, that I respect them is because they're definitely a huge, a humongous influencer on Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah. So you can see all the Guns N' Roses traits in Skid Row. Yeah, and they the never... voice, the way they look, the way they dress. It's like... It's kind of like their brothers. They never sold out either, which I think is nice. Like, they never, like, when they stopped selling, they didn't go all Quiet Riot on everyone and just change their sound. They, like, Quiet Riot is a huge bust. I forgot about them. That's because they had one song. Come on, feel the noise. Yeah. There was one more that I liked, but I don't remember the name of it. Like, yeah, like, I just, I really, I love Skid Row. 18 in Life is one of my favorite songs, like, but I just have to say they're probably a bust, just considering. I would say they're a bust, too. I'd say Quiet Riot's a bust since we brought it up, like... Yeah, probably, but I like yeah. those. I mean, they, songs. They, yeah, "Come On, Feel the Noise" is a good song, but that's "Mental Health" too. Those are those were my two that I like to listen to on occasion. Mental health. Yeah, it says mental health, but oh, I mean no. that's basically what he said. I mean, "Come On, Feel the Noise" is the only song I've ever had that charted. So like, I feel like that because like that hit number one, and then everything else I have never charted. So that's definitely a bust to me at least. Yeah, but a few of these songs were in the movie The Wrestler. Have you seen that? 
No, but you're right. Being in a movie makes a whole difference. No, but it was a big movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was, I was sarcastic. And they fit the movie, too. So yeah. It was like, I don't know. Just I've like, actually, there's a lot of songs that, like, I considered bad until I heard them in a movie, and I actually kind of changed my thought. Like, yeah, maybe this isn't terrible. Just yeah, like, if like, it's yeah. a situation, and you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah it's it like, I got a vibe with it. All right. So uh, uh, the band America that I was talking about earlier is actually, is actually from London. Okay. Ah, that yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. London rock is just like a complete subgenre. That's just amazing. Like European rock is just an amazing subgenre. Yeah, for sure. So we got a couple popular, or yeah, well, popular amongst people now, not popular like charting now. But we already talked about Guns N' Roses and Zeppelin and Johnny Cash and crew. So we'll go, yeah, into some other things. Johnny Cash, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. I, I I liked uh, God's Gonna Cut You Down, even though that was most recent. Yeah, and I Man liked Black. I liked his. Uh, so if I'm gonna start with the first something he didn't write before I go into stuff he wrote, uh, Hurt, a cover from Nine Inch Ooh. Nails. I, I would yeah. say that's probably one of his best. Yeah, one of his best things he's done. Yeah. And like, I mean, he was like 80 years old when he sang that. He and like, mention. yeah, and you listen to like Tre- Trent Reznor singing it for the Nine Inch Nails, and it's like, wow, this is like edgy it's kind of like this song almost sounded gross like in my best way to describe it and then johnny cash just made it like something you can cry listening to and it was yeah. just really beautiful yeah it was more of a metal song when nine inch nails sang it yeah like johnny cash took it and turned it into something extremely sentimental and he's a goat he's just yeah. a goat he's johnny cash yeah man in black is just like i love man a beautiful it's like it's like such a subliminal f you like it's like him yeah. saying like i'm gonna do this for the people that deserve it but, like, what? it's just, like, a huge just slap in the face to society. Like, especially for the time he was doing it in. Like, yeah. it's just impressive. Yeah. It's got some, some great Nowadays, music. Nowadays, nobody cares if you wear black. It's just like, oh, all right. Yeah, uh, yeah it's like, <laughs> so like performers then, just didn't cool. do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll go. No, we'll oh, wait, hold on. I have one more thing to say about Johnny Cash. I just remembered this because I thought it would be pretty cool. So, my grandma hated Johnny Cash when she was younger because how we went and performed in prisons and stuff, a lot of people who weren't, like, in the know, that like, could only listen to the radio and stuff, thought him performing at prisons meant he was an inmate at the prisons. So, like, she wouldn't support him because she thought he was a criminal. Really? And apparently, like, a lot of, like, people, like, a lot of her friends thought the same thing. I'm not sure if that was a worldwide thing or what, but apparently, like, old people thought he was a criminal because he, like, performed at, like, Folsom Prison and stuff. Which I thought that was pretty neat. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Folsom Prison Blues. Great, great song. Yeah. Orange Blossom Special. Another really good song. Yeah. Both Chris? about trains. The Beatles. All right. This is all you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So before we get to the Beatles, let's just talk about like what music was before the Beatles and is like what was famous like throughout you know the United States, which was which was a lot of the bubblegummy yeah. 50s music, which do up. I love yeah. that stuff. I yeah. love doo-wop. Dion, who's a 50s guy, yeah. he sang a lot of doo-wop, but I love that stuff. Doo-wop, doo-wop. So, uh, meanwhile, doo-wop. in the 50s, there was this little band called the Quarrymen, which was the which was John Lennon's first band he was ever in when he was in high school. And the name came from the school, which was called... Uh, their nick, their name, like as like we are the Ramblers, they were called the Quarry Men. Okay. We so are the Quarry Men, the mighty, men, mighty, just like walking the school. So, but that had John, and then it had a ton of classmates. None of the other Beatles were in, the, in this band at this point. 
And they played a couple gigs, like, on Saturdays at church and stuff. They would, like, after church, they would have, like, some celebrations or something they would play. And then this is when, at one of their little gigs there, when they played, they actually didn't play, the kind of music they played was called uh, uh, skiffle. It's called skiffle music, which is very music. 50s, country, kind of like, I don't know. It's like... Was it, it was, the way I, isn't it just like... Country or folk for like non like United because like, like United States country and folk has a different sound from like country and folk. Yeah. It's kind of like almost like the European version of it in a way. I, I, I say so, yeah. It's 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 definitely like a different kind of country, but it's it's just like early. I think skiffle turn because there was other band, like musicians who were in skiffle before rock. Like Jimmy Page from Zeppelin was in the skiffle band, so I think skiffle was one of the most you know influential. Uh, genres of music too so during one of these performances John was playing with with all of his classmates uh, uh, this this guy was watching them and uh, he came up to them after the uh, his show and said hey I really liked what you were playing out there and I play I play some guitar too and his name was Paul McCartney Ooh. Dun, dun. you're like the Mr. Bolter of classic rock I love it <laughs> and uh, John was like all right, show me what you can play. He started playing uh, 20, 20 Flight Rock by Eddie Cochran, which was... A great know, song. Yeah, it's a great song. It's a 50s song. And uh, it's a lot of people like the song because it kind of, he kind of like, uh, like spoke kind of fast. And it was very impressive if he knew all the words to the song. <laughs> like, rap. <laughs> like rap. No, yeah, like for real. Yeah. So uh, there, there's Paul McCartney playing 20 Flight Rock singing all the songs and all the guys in the band were very impressed but John was very you know he was kind of he was yeah he's kind of a jerk yeah a little bit yeah. <laughs> and he was like he was like uh, he said how old are you and then Paul said uh, 15 or 16 while John was uh, either 17 I think he was 17 or 18 and uh, John said John wasn't very impressed with him so John uh, just told him to keep practicing. <laughs> and Paul then, McCartney. Yeah, Paul McCartney. <laughs> of all people, now. yeah. <laughs> so they d- they didn't really get along at first, and then after a while, John was thinking about it, and uh, they they hung out all the time because they would practice together. Paul actually knew a lot more than John did on guitar because John actually learned how to play the banjo. That was his instrument. And then Paul taught John how to play guitar. So they would always be hanging out. And then Paul said, hey, I've got this friend who is an extremely good guitar player. And his name's George Harrison. Ah. So, uh, <laughs> so George started playing with Paul and John and all his friends, all of them playing guitar. And there was other uh, players in the band who played like the bass and uh, drums. drums. And actually, Ringo doesn't come into the story until further down the line. So after a while, all their band members kind of like went out because some of them were more interested in the other things and didn't think the Beatles were going to go that far because they just said, hey, I want to go to college for other stuff. And the Beatles were like, oh, all right. <laughs> so they were losing people left and right. And uh, actually, that's what forced uh, Paul McCartney to switch to bass. 
and John kept rhythm, George kept lead guitar, and they had their player, the drum player, who was one of their first drum players, Pete Best, and he sucked. <laughs> he was awful. And when they went to Hamburg, uh, Germany, they had a show out there. Uh, after that, because they had uh, rehearsals for like a label company, this was huge. They got denied because Pete Best was awful on the drums. <laughs> right. And there was meanwhile there before this, they were playing in clubs. The Cavern Club was their famous club that they played in. Uh-huh. And um, they there was other bands who played in the Cavern Club, and the other bands had Ringo's band, and that's when you know they saw Ringo playing. And then I read somewhere that they were all scared of Ringo because he looked really scary. Yeah. But they asked Ringo to play, and he did, and it was instantly. It was like... So much better. Yeah, they were all like, this is it. Were they called the Beatles at this time, or is it a different name? Uh, At this point, they were called... um, The Quarrymen was when he was in high school, so... Right. uh, They actually ran through a different couple names. They had the Silver Beatles, they had the Beat Brothers, and then finally they just... They all decided on the Beatles. So they're probably like the Beat Brothers at this point. Uh, no, I think, I think it'd be the Beatles, right? I, when they had Ringo, they were the Beatles. Okay. But, yeah. And... Oh, uh, where was I going to go with this? You were just talking about clubs and they picked up Ringo Starr? Yeah. And then they... Uh, it's Ringo Starr, right? Yeah. Okay, Ringo I was like, I... I <laughs> I didn't want to mess you that up. You almost made yourself sound... <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 that would have been bad if I screwed that up. Okay. Yeah. But Paul and uh, John would write songs all the time at uh, Paul's dad's house. Because the thing is with John and Paul, why they were such good friends was because when Paul was 15, his mother died. And then when John was 17, his mom got hit by a car, so she died. So it was like instantly Paul and John had that you know relationship where they both... Felt understood each other yeah. yeah so after that they've been best friends for life except a rough patch in, in the 70s but uh at this point Paul and John were writing all the music and they wrote uh She Loves You and I Wanna Hold Your Hand which if you don't know that that's what those are the songs that made them famous like everywhere yeah cause actually um there was a girl from New York I wanna say she heard. She somehow heard. I want to hold your hand, and she was calling all the radio stations, saying, "You need to play this song. This song is really good." And then once all these people heard the song, it just blew up. Yeah. It went crazy. And then the Beatles came over to America, 1964. Uh, it was early in the year. I think it was January or February. But they came over. Let's get it down to the month. He <laughs> did. This guy's insane. Yeah. We're having a Just Beatles episode with Chris. This is our last topic. I, we can't follow this up. And we have five minutes. But so ACDC. Like, <laughs> right, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll have a part two. We'll have a part two. All right, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll have a part, part two. two. We can do a part Fine. two for this episode. All right. That's cool. But, uh, yeah, they played on the Ed Sullivan show. And they just went, you know, top charts everywhere. Yeah. They had singles, just top charts all the time. They had, there was a point where the top charts for U.S., the U.K., where uh, top five songs were all Beatles songs. It was insane. But Yeah, they're the Beatles. No, yeah. <laughs> Looking the, back on it now. The reason why I like the Beatles so much is just because of how, like, it's more than just a, like, just, you know, rhythm. It's just like, if you listen to the words, 
that they write, it's incredible. Like I've never heard songwriting like Lennon and McCartney before. It's yeah, it's I'm, crazy. I'm gonna interject from two seconds from a. Uh, I'm a big metal fan, as obviously most people know that I love hard rock, metal, like modern day stuff, and the Beatles song "Helter Skelter." I personally view as that is what birthed like heavy metal and stuff because yeah, like I was, I was gonna say that yeah I was gonna say how they you know they when it's kind of crazy what the Beatles did because they started out as you know as like the 50s pop bubblegum rock stuff with like she loves you not want to hold your hand which it's, it was still different from the 50s music but then they evolved they like they changed music because they were the most popular band they changed what was popular they had in like sixty four and sixty five. They actually started making like rock music yeah. with like you know rock beats and stuff. And then uh, sixty six was when they made their first psychedelic album, Revolver, which kind of changed, which is what made up the entire sixties for me. It was like inspired Hendrix. And that's where a lot of Pink Floyd roots oh, yeah. came from. Pink Floyd, um, a ton of stuff like The Doors. They all got influenced by this psychedelic rock, the 60s. And then, Rush. 60, 60, yeah, absolutely. 67, the Beatles' most famous album. Well, not most famous album. I don't, it's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> Sgt. Pepper's was the most revolutionary album to ever come because of you know what they did. They had Indian music on there. George Harrison, he was more, he like, sitar and the Indian music yeah. while they had other stuff like When I'm 64 by Paul McCartney and then they had A Day in the Life by John Lennon which is just like it was just so many different genres all in this one album just changed music forever and the way they made the albums the recordings in the studios with uh, like Strawberry Fields they would take the actual tapes and splice them together which was nobody's ever done this stuff before right. like, the Beatles did so many different stuff in the, in the studio it was like totally changed music forever and then the following year they released the White Album which my that, favorite album that album has so many different genres it has hard rock with Helter Skelter which is I would say the foundation of classic or metal music because Paul McCartney you know he turned up the the gain on the amp and he was going sicko mode on the yeah. it really was it was <laughs> sicko like mode. even when you listen to like what people say is like the birth of like metal with Sabbath and Led Zeppelin Helter Skelter's heavier than all of that oh yeah Helter Skelter sounds like what Slayer would sound like in like the 60s yeah. <laughs> like and like it was just nobody like Paul McCartney's sitting there screaming like metal does and it's just like his voice and it's just like it's like screaming it's like no one's ever heard that before and yeah. then they got other stuff like they kind of did like a Beach Boys kind of song, like back in the USSR. It was, they changed a lot of stuff on that album. Agreed. And I'm definitely down to have a part two with you, Chris, because you're a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> so we're going to wrap this one up and uh, leave some comments. If you can do that, we still haven't found out if you can do that. I think you can. I you feel like you can. can. You yeah. can do that. And if not, just pen us letters or email yeah. us. I, uh, I'm, my address is deliverable by Raven, if anyone wants to send comments in the form of letters, you know, just... All right. That was, that was a Game of Thrones joke. Oh, I didn't yeah. get it. I was like, I don't yeah. know what that means. It happens. Okay. <laughs> All right, so until next time.